0: Today's episode is...
1: Episode 6, series 2, episode 6, Halloween. Mm Mm-hmm. In which adolescent experimentation with style and identity becomes a dangerous game in which one one risks losing oneself and becoming the thing one pretends to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting that it's like a risk... Because it feels almost yeah, I mean it depends on the character doesn't it because it's like mm. a risk for Buffy, but then for Willow it ends up becoming kind of empowering right?
1: Yeah, yeah you know? yeah and we I could guess into imp- this but yeah
0: yeah empowers Xander also but you mm-hmm. know, may- maybe in some ways that are not very you know sustainable uh, but yeah
1: but one risks losing oneself but also yes. one yes. potentially gains
0: at the same time and and i'll have a question about this as well in terms of the actual the mechanism or uh, whether it's something internal or external who these characters become because that's ah. that's something that raises a question for me uh mm. um not a huge deal of variation in the titles this week uh okay. halloween 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 uh some of them are just they don't look like Halloween, but it's just what it, Halloween's called in that country. Uh-huh. Um, other than um, Brazil, uh, it's uh, Dossio Travessura," which is Trick or Treat. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is, is more... I think like it goes a bit closer to the themes of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And it goes a little True. bit more to this idea of that, that, like, you know, oh, is this really what you want? True. Uh, and uh, German uh, is... Die Nacht der Verwandlung, which is the night of transformation. Oh! I don't know why I shouted German. German's <laughs> quite nice. It, it, people think German shouted, but it's not. You yeah, know. they I, just
1: think that because of like old war movies. Yeah,
0: sorry Germany. I think yeah. I think Germany's lovely. Uh, yeah. German is lovely, and Germany, me too. why not? Yeah, me
1: too. You know, what I think about ambush tactics, beheading.
0: Okay, so what's what's the? We start in the graveyard.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it the graveyard? We start with Buffy. Oh and no, we
0: don't.
1: Pops it's, pumpkin patch.
0: It's just nighttime and I've assumed. It's, yeah, it's Pops. It's Pops pumpkin patch. Exactly. Yeah, with the alliteration.
1: Whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it's like because I know like sometimes in America people like dress their houses up for Halloween, so I didn't know if that's what this <clears> was or if it was actually an outdoor pumpkin shop.
0: Uh, it would have been a little bit extra if that was someone's house. There was a lot of pumpkins there.
1: Do you think it's an outdoor pumpkin shop? Because that's yeah. a little bit extra too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a little bit like you know, like a like a like a Christmas tree shop, do you know, oh, or something. Okay. But like for pumpkins, like maybe do it's maybe here. it's the exact same place that sells the Christmas trees, <gasps> and you maybe. know they sell pumpkins at Halloween. They sell, you know, eggs at Easter. Uh, I, I don't know. They they sell fucking arrows during Valentine's Day. That's a good business model, yeah, Ash. Could be, could be. Yeah. Um, And yeah, Buffy is having a fight and she's being recorded by a guy that looks like a sex pest.
1: He really does, yeah. And I was
0: trying to decide what makes him look like a sex pest and I think it's the fact that he's wearing a tan coat.
1: Ah. Oh. The tan
0: coat just gives off, you know, Peeping Tom kind of vibes. To tan
1: me. coat, yeah. I mean, I guess also the fact that he's like filming a 16-year-old. Well, yeah, but
0: I, I I, don't know. I think it's the tan coat, Sadie. Okay. I, think that, yeah. I think that's what it is. <laughs> um, the
1: two things work in beautiful synchronicity together.
0: And then some other fashion faux pas is Angel's wearing pyjamas to the bronze. <laughs> he's
1: wearing pyjamas.
0: Like, it's this, like, weird... It's like he's borrowed his dad's shirt. Like, it's, like, too big for him, and it's, like, all shiny and large.
1: It's really strange. It's like he was like, oh, I'm going on a date, so I need to, like dressing something that makes me just look a little bit softer and less vampire-y <clears> than my <throat> normal clothes less leather so he's gone for pajamas uh-huh, he's taking uh-huh. it too far in the other direction
0: um and then cordelia finds him Mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. start having a wee chat and she makes this joke about a barbie dream house i think and then Angel laughs, which is like the only time we've ever seen him laugh. He and I'm does not...
1: not look comfortable laughing. He... I'm not buying <laughs> he it. Didn't yeah. buy it at all.
0: <laughs> not
1: at all. And then yeah, because then Buffy comes in and like sees Angel laughing in unconvincingly at Cordy's joke, and is like oh my god, they must be shagging or something like that. It gets yeah, really yeah, yeah. jealous. Um, which is so strange because it doesn't look like they're having a pleasant, comfortable interaction at all. No, no. Also, like, <clears throat> I make boys laugh all the time and it's rarely because I'm trying to shag them. Like, I just, I'm just quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know. So, um. I don't know, Buffy. Just, it's fine. Just chill.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Cordelia is very mean about Buffy's hair. Says mm. it makes you look like a street urchin, but, you know, mm-hmm. in, like, a sassy way. And that is very mean. But unfortunately, Cordelia's hair looks great at the yeah. same time. So, yeah. You know, so, and then she offers... it. Does she offer him a cappuccino? I think it's specifically a cappuccino. She does
1: it in a really weird way. Like, she comes up beside... So Buffy's, like, walked off and then she comes up beh- beside Angel and it's like, cappuccino? But then mm-hmm. just, like, there's this really, like, pregnant pause afterwards, like... Where she just like it's yeah he's such a weirdo like instead of just answering yes or no he just kind yeah. of <laughs> looks at her and then like <laughs> she looks back trying to looks sexy and he looks back being like I don't really fancy you I fancy Buffy but like just just say whether you want a cappuccino or not.
0: Well, you have to admit, you know, you have to understand that it was the nineties and cappuccinos were sort of. They weren't new, but they were very much... Like, so I kind of think of cappuccinos and baguettes as being almost like the symbol of Ireland's uh, kind of cultural incorporation into the EU. Do you know, like, we... Like, sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches. Everyone was eating sandwiches. And then one day... In about 1996, suddenly sandwiches were out and baguettes were in and everyone, your aunt would insist on making all the sandwiches in a baguette, which were not like an actual French baguette. They were like this Irish approximation and they'd be like really hard bread and they'd be like impossible to eat and they'd like rip your gums up on your way down to the ham Um, and cappuccinos were kind of around that same time. Suddenly, you know, tea and coffee was out and it was all cappuccinos and so so yeah, I felt it felt it felt a very nineties kind of thing. Um, did
1: you not have paninis, or is that oh, later?
0: We did have panini. Yeah, we Pani- did. Actually,
1: that, I feel like paninis were maybe. I I think actually maybe when we were at uni, paninis were like what class I think people did. Pa-
0: panini were after baguettes. Mm. In Ireland, we had this thing. I know I started talking about cappuccinos, and now I'm talking about baguettes, but it's all related. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all related. So. We had this like thing called Cuisine de France <clears throat> and they would be like in all of like the little shops and it was this kind of chain that just had like a little stand in the shops where they would set. you could buy long baguettes or short baguettes. And then the panini were more, I would say 2002 onwards. Yeah, but baguettes mm. baguettes were I would say 96 and, and, and forward. Yeah,
1: I've just remembered that when I was in primary school, no it's not really related but I'm gonna tell you anyway um <laughs> we were in primary school and we had like an A class and a B class because was quite a big school so it's like two two classes per year group right and we were supposed to be learning French but my teacher couldn't speak French so like we just used to get the occasional workshop uh worksheet that was like a picture of a pig and it said like caution but we had never actually learned how to say it we just like saw it written down. So it was pretty pesh and we couldn't speak French at all. And then we had an assembly where... So each assembly, like, a different class would do, like, a presentation. And we had an assembly which was, like, the other half of the year. Um, and, like, they were, like, the class that everybody liked. They were, like, a really nice class, and my class were really <laughs> horrible. Um, and their teacher spoke French, and they did this presentation that was, like, all in French, and we were so impressed. But I still remember it, because it was, like... It was like a little play where where Kenneth was buy, trying to buy a baguette in the shop um, but the waiter didn't understand and he kept being like, or the, the shop person, he kept being like Un baguette son fromage and then the waiter was like un baguette non fromage and then he was like no 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 un baguette son fromage. And yeah, it just I don't know why it stayed with me so strongly, but I think like the jealousy that they could speak French that could not it was a lot.
0: Uh, that's the whole well, story. Yeah, yeah. I mean we have a lot of trauma to carry with us. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat and the cappuccinos just opens the all up for us. <laughs> this is like this is like this is where Rexit came from. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: they brought their paninis and they, they gave us baguettes and cappuccinos. It was only going to go one way.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cappuccino. So so we go to school. And at school, what's happening at school? It's like the volunteering for bringing the kids out.
1: Principal Schneider's like making them all volunteer because he's mm-hmm. mean.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're all chatting and they're chatting about Halloween and then they end up having to go out and then that's the whole thing. Nothing really much happens in school, does
1: it? No. Uh, Xander oh, gets oh, Xander. beaten by Larry.
0: Xander and Larry. Xander mm-hmm. and Larry, yeah.
1: Larry beats up Xander, um, but he's like going, oh, I want to go out with Buffy. Tell me about Buffy. Do you go out with Buffy? Mm-hmm. Um, And then he beats him up and then uh, Buffy uh, just comes and like punches him into the soda machine.
0: Uh-huh, and gets a dr pepper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and willow says oh yeah because xander is angry that like Buffy- yes so
1: xander's like oh you've like emasculated me and then buffy's like oh yeah i violated the guy code by like fighting your battles for you because i'm a girl and you're a man and then willow's just like Men are so fragile. Yeah, boys and are so like, fragile. Mm, a truer word was never spoken. I, Willow I, knew the score early.
0: Early? This is what I was thinking. Is like she she invented the concept of fragile masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Before anyone was talking about it. I Back feel in, like, in I mean, 1997.
1: I, you know, I wasn't moving in those circles in the 90s, but I don't think people were talking about no, that
0: then. No, no, but Willow saw. Willow saw with her little rainbow suspenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And then we go to the library. Mm-hmm. And is this the point when, yeah, Willow and and Buffy are like trying to distract Giles so they can go to get the Watcher's Diaries?
1: Yeah, so they want to try and find out more about Angel and what kind of girls he was into when he was alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot about this that doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so (laughs) Buffy's distracting Giles. It's very cute. She kind of lies to Giles about um, Jenny saying that he's a... A babe, off. a babe, yeah.
1: A burning hot hunk of something,
0: yeah. Um, and then anyway, so Willow ends up stealing the book, and then the book. So what is this book? This is the Watcher's
1: notes from so, Watchers.
0: C- yeah. So they talk, and they're like, "Oh, this is from this year. Angel was eighteen and still a human." So then I'm like. Is this about Angel or are That's they just... That's
1: a really good point. Like, why were they keeping diaries about some random man who wasn't yet a vampire?
0: Exactly. Or was it just like <clears throat> they didn't... Like, Like, was this just their version of the internet? Like, let's go to the Watchers diaries and find out what women were all about in 1780. Do you know what I mean? Like, were, were they just like just going to it for like the historical context?
1: I think... I think so. But like, I think they specifically wanted to know who Angel had been going out with.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there's a lot about this. It's not, that doesn't make sense. It's not very well kind of elaborated. I mean, like what maybe... is the book? What does the book have to do with Angel? Is it just that it was 97? And you know what? Google image wasn't the thing because Google image became a thing uh, because of Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Because of her Versace, was it Versace dress? And so maybe this was just like the easiest way to find a picture of a, of a woman from from the seventeen hundreds was just to to look, look at Giles's uh, Watchers Diaries. I don't know.
1: Wow, well, I guess so. I mean, they've got a lot of books in the library.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the illicitness of it feels yes. contrived. But, well yeah but it was nice i liked that they had a nice time i liked that they were both i feel like their friendship you know it was very like yes. willow buffy or like on a friend's they're having a little kind of adventure together yeah. Yeah, so that was very nice but they
1: could have probably just asked giles but yeah no it is very strange that like i just kind of assumed that like the watchers all keep diaries so presumably giles is like keeping a diary about about you know and useful information like on this night buffy got attacked by this guy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you know like this is what angel is up to now like you know the big bad vampires here's what we know about here's what they're up to now but like then if when angel became a big famous bad vampire did did they then like write like investigate and write down a history of his life before he became a vampire like that doesn't seem relevant
0: yeah it doesn't does it (coughs) no although as we discussed in our linguistics episode what we once were, were informs, informs all that we all become. That we become. You're so, right. so maybe they understood that.
1: You're right, you're right. Mm. And then Buffy gets a bit of a, like, bougie fantasy about, like, oh, you know, it would have been great to be... To have uh, servants. To have servants and horses and shit in yeah. the 18th century. And Willow's like, I would rather have been able to vote. And the whole jealousy thing is, like, based on some very strange, like... Yeah, she's jealous of this, like, pencil drawing of yeah. a woman.
0: Who represents Cordelia.
1: Oh, really. does she? Yeah, yeah no, not like she, she does, you know, she
0: to, to Buffy, because the point is I'll never be a fancy lady like Cordelia. Right. right, yeah, okay. Who walks into the bathroom at that very moment.
1: That is right. You, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I didn't really make that connection. You're yeah. absolutely right. And uh, later on when Buffy is dressed up in that outfit, she has kind of cordelia hair.
0: I suppose so, yeah, when it comes down. Uh-huh. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is a natural brunette, by the way.
1: Oh, is she? Yeah, yeah. I oh, never would have guessed.
0: I know, right? Yeah. She wears it so well.
1: Most importantly, it would be wrong.
0: So the next thing I've got is the, 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 the costume shop.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go to the... Co- oh, I had one thing I wanted to come to just before that, which is... Cordy walks into the bathroom and then they have this discussion where yeah. they tell her that, she, that Angel's a vampire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in typical Cordy style, she takes everything in her stride. But um, when they first tell her, Buffy's like, they're talking about Angel and then she's like, oh, he doesn't live with his dad, does he? And Buffy's like, oh, his parents have been dead for a couple yeah. hundred years.
0: And then she says, <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good, because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good. Wait, what? <laughs>
0: so she seems to be saying oh good to the fact that he's got dead parents and then and then
1: live with them and and then
0: and then picks up the hundred years thing afterwards but yeah i picked up on that as well like she's like oh yeah good because
1: that's very cordy i love it
0: yeah yeah um
1: then they go they go to ethan's costume shop to get their costumes
0: yeah which is a costume shop i mean there's not a huge amount to say about it there's a terrifying pink elephant at one scene but other than that it's it's pretty i don't think
1: i spotted that
0: yeah no no time but then willow finds the costume and then and then um buffy is like no you can get all sexy and wild at halloween yeah
1: halloween is the perfect chance for a girl to get sexy and wild with no repercussions. Uh huh. So you can dress like a slut and they can't call you a slut. I think that's in Mean Girls as well, isn't it? Yeah. There's like, yeah. A classic discussion of like, yeah, you can wear whatever you want at Halloween and no one can call you a slut because of it.
0: A lot to unpack there. A lot. A, a lot, lot.
1: Such a lot to unpack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But but you know I can kind of see it. Um, and then uh, Xander turns up with his little gun. Yes. Uh, and oh yeah so Buffy sees the dress mm-hmm. the dress mm-hmm. which Ethan lays over her body oh and, he's
1: horrible he yeah. like puts his arms around her <laughs> he definitely like sniffs her at one point yeah during this scene like just a great be like oh it's <clears> gross
0: um and yeah this is Buffy's chance to become the woman that she thinks Angel wants Mm. right that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of where we are mm. um
1: for some reason like yeah. we don't know why she thinks they. Like, again
0: and, and this is the whole point like you know they have that conversation later but yeah you
1: know. it would be uh, pretty <coughs> bloody weird if he was like hankering after an 18th century noble woman yeah now like he has been alive this whole time you know
0: yeah 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 uh spike and drusilla is that next I think Spike and Drusilla, I think Spike is looking at the um, video that was taken of Buffy. Mm -hmm. He's looking at it on like five different TVs, all in the same little pillar, on his TV pillar. Um, And you know, he's impressed with her technique and stuff. Uh, So my favorite thing is when Drusilla comes in and starts hinting... That, you know something like kind of weird is going on up will be down black you know day will be night whatever um and then the spike is trying to get a little bit more information out of her and she just turns and goes do you know what i miss and he goes what petal and she goes leeches <laughs> And it's just like, I really hope that was an ad-lib from Juliet Landau, because it's just, it sits in the middle of the scene, like, what?
1: what? It's lovely. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. She's, oh. she's just fantastic. She's, I know we've had her before and we've said it before, but she's fantastic.
0: She's just divine. Yeah, yeah. um But, but Drusilla, she's plugged in. She knows that something, something... Something's something going weird down. is going to happen yeah mm. uh and then and then we see willow's costume uh or will buffy's costume for willow mhm cuz so buffy house. dressed willow yeah it seems that way so can i ask you what what is willow supposed to be
1: L- like what is that costume yeah <clears throat> Because costumes are mandatory, so she can't just be dressed as a sexy lady. Yeah. I have no idea.
0: So, apparently, in the script, it was down as Hot Rocker Chick.
1: Hot Rocker Chick? Yeah. For something to count as a costume, it has to be a little bit further from reality?
0: Or like recogn- recognizable as a sort of uh, Yeah. And the thing is it is very far from Willow's identity in a lot of I ways. I guess so. <clears throat> but people who wouldn't know Willow wouldn't know that. Like, for instance, if you were the woman who opened the door and Willow was the the guardian of all of the children, you would just think, God, that's a very daring outfit for an autumn evening. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> you wouldn't Jeez, be like be cold. <clears throat> Yeah. You wouldn't think like, oh, hot hot rocker chick. <laughs> so yeah, I just really wonder like what what was that costume supposed to be? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh and yeah, that's kind of it. Oh, oh, I wanted to say one thing, which was back with Spike and Drusilla, and I don't know if you noticed this, but the chairs in their factory mm-hmm. look like Macintosh chairs. Oh do they? They look like Charles Rennie Macintosh chairs who, you know, context for our listeners is you know the 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 big famous designer architect guy from Glasgow who's dead um but yeah they've got like they've got really high backs and then like loads of like small little squares and they're very Glasgow style they're very Glasgow style and maybe I just worked in the Macintosh you know gallery for too long at the lighthouse um when I worked there but um yeah I immediately saw them and was like they're very Macintosh chairs
1: would Macintosh chairs be quite expensive?
0: To they get would be to California. They would, but the Macintosh style, I think, is has been used for like gothic things. So I think he his okay. chairs have been used in both Batman and the Adams family. Oh. So I could imagine that they saw them in the you know Batman or something and were like, oh, those are the chairs that Spike uh, and Drew Cell would have wants.
1: Same set dresser guy.
0: Eyeballs to entrails, my sweet. Ethan is casting a spell.
1: Excellent.
0: So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the spell in English, um, fantastic. <clears throat> which says, oh wait, is that the second or the first bit? Okay, yeah. It goes, Janus, I invoke your spirit. Hear my plea. So far, yeah, you know, standard spell stuff. Yeah. yeah. Seize the night for your own reason. Come, appear, and show us that which is infinite power so again it's all quite standard but then it goes the mask transforms itself into flesh and blood your holy presence curdles the heart
1: wow
0: Yanis take the night so that's it but yeah your holy presence curdles the heart
1: wow that's a
0: beautiful line
1: that that's is
0: a, isn't it I'm gonna your use that your holy I'm gonna...
1: presence curdles the heart
0: curdles the heart I'm taking that yeah I'm taking that one
1: why are so many spells in Latin?
0: Um,
1: like, you know, the, the Romans aren't really... That old? culture. Yeah, they're not really just culturally known as, like, spell people.
0: I think it's because... It's probably because Latin was the language of the church. Uh. So Latin has become, like, associated with being, like, a language of the arcane. Mm -hmm. you know because like for instance if you were in medieval times the book that had like all of the sort of religious stuff in it which probably also had a lot of kind of mad stuff in it too that wouldn't Mm -hmm. be really Mm -hmm. considered you know orthodox right now would be in latin so it was a it was a language i guess of sort of mystical whatever and this is you know the reformation in scotland was all about bringing bringing things out of latin and bringing it closer mm. to the people so i would say i would say latin just seems like that but then we know that giles speaks sumerian as well yes. and yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know there are quite a lot of spells and like sumerian stuff too
1: i mean for purely in purely but I, but practical I, sense
0: i do think that janus was a roman god so ah
1: true true it might right. make
0: it might make sense you're right in yeah. a
1: purely practical sense i imagine if you want to do your spell in an ancient dead language, Latin is probably the most easy to find translations for.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's accessible. Yeah, we don't know how many languages these gods speak. Do you know? Do you have to speak in their target language? Mm. You know, or can they just pick up the vibes if you speak in your own language? Yeah. Um. Okay, so at this point, this is where it all hell breaks loose because people, the 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 mask transforms itself in flesh and blood.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does.
0: Okay, so talk to me. What happens to everybody?
1: So I think the first thing we see is um, two of the kids that Willow's looking after turning into demon children and starting to fight each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or probably demons rather than actual than demon children. Yeah, and
0: I think they, they attack the women as well, right?
1: They do, that's right. Yeah. They attack the women who's given them candy and then they attack each other mm-hmm. and they become... Bad little bastards.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good, interesting question. Do they become small demons or do they become demon children?
1: I don't know. Certainly later on when Spike is kind of being followed by a gang of them, it feels like he has a gang of demon children and so...
0: Which we'll go into... So, keep talking to me. Tell me who else turns into what.
1: Who else turns into what? So, Willow, at this point, has hidden herself. So, Buffy has dressed her up um as a sexy rocker chick and willow's really not that into it so she covers herself with a ghosty sheet Mm -hmm. um so then she becomes a ghost but she becomes like a sexy rocker ghost so she has her sexy rocker costume on um and she becomes a ghost version of herself but she she crucially keeps a sense of who she is throughout yes whereas the others don't so willow always knows exactly who she is
0: yeah and she weird she doesn't turn into the ghost of a hot rocker chick no. So, you know, Jamie had issues with this. He thought it didn't make any sense. My theory is that she bought the ghost costume from the costume shop. Yes. And got the hot rocker chick stuff from a different shop. Maybe, maybe yes. just from a clothes shop. You know. Yeah. But then, yeah. then I'm like, so Ethan's spell. Did he? He must have. He must have like blessed or cursed. He must have cursed every individual costume in his shop. So that it would be linked Mm. to his spell because otherwise it it only happened to costumes from his shop. So,
1: yes, yeah. So
0: we have to assume that Buffy and Willow bought her Hot Rocker costume not at Ethan's shop but just at at Mm. the Hot Rocker chick shop. Mm.
1: Yeah. But then in Xander's place, in Xander's case, it's only his gun then that is cursed.
0: Yeah, but it's only his gun that changes, his fatigues don't change. So but
1: his entire identity changes. He becomes yeah. he thinks he's a different person. So
0: this is another really interesting thing. So and then Buffy as well.
1: Buffy's entire identity changes. And
0: Buffy um you're the expert in accents, Sadie. That's that, that's what you you've got to, that, that's what you do, right, with your job? Uh, what is Buffy's accent?
1: Right, because Buffy becomes an 18th century noblewoman. Mhm. So she keeps talking in her California accent, but with like a hint of posh English yes. in there. But is she... Has she become ac- like Angel's ex-girlfriend from when he was 18? Or is she just a generic noblewoman?
0: So this, from this is my question. When they become these characters is that coming from inside or outside? So, yeah. is has like an 18th century noblewoman just been pulled from the ether to occupy the body of Buffy? Has this army man just come out of existence and he occupies the body of Xander? Do you know? Or, mm. and this would explain Buffy's very bad accent, is it more almost like a sort of a magic hypnotism where it's their idea of mm. what that costume is, which is what they become?
1: Yeah. So
0: Xander's projecting his idea of what, like, a strong army man would be. Yeah. And then he becomes that. And then Buffy's noble woman with the unplaceable transatlantic accent, mid-atlantic accent, or whatever you call it, um, is actually Buffy's idea. Buffy's kind of fantasy of what this kind of woman would be. And then she continues to say things throughout, like, she says things throughout the episode that sound like something that Buffy would think someone like that would say. Yes. Like, like, oh, where's yeah. the man with the musket? I was taught that, Um, what was it? Um, Oh, God, what does she say? It's like, uh, I'm not meant to understand things. I'm just meant to look pretty and someone nice will marry me. Do you know, which doesn't sound like something that a woman from that time would say, but it sounds like Buffy projecting what she thinks
1: like um have you read very many like sort of 60s 70s sci-fi novels where people time travel or whatever but just constantly so i'm thinking of the women on the edge of time um which i really i did really like it but it really (laughs) really annoyed me as well because it's these characters time travel but they spend the entire time having time traveled being like in my time, we do this, and we do it this way. <laughs> and, like, you just wouldn't do that. Like, if we went to another time, we wouldn't be like, yes, and in our time, they are really into capitalism. <laughs> like, it's just not... you just. It's not so easy to, like, explain your entire world, and we just don't really tend to do that yeah. and speak on behalf of all of our people. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's really odd that, like, that this... So I think you're right. I think that Buffy has become... Her idea of an 18th century noblewoman. Yeah.
0: Now, there is one piece of evidence. that's like a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler. There is something that says that there is some external information that comes in. Because in a later episode, the fact that Xander was a soldier in Halloween furnishes him with information that he could not know otherwise. Like like really specific information. So that work okay. that that works against my theory that says that these characters literally they were like born from the universe for this night of chaos.
1: Yeah. Okay. But
0: I think that there's a way of maybe splitting the difference and saying, you know, it's mostly a projection, but then you know the universe gives them the tools to to work with. I I don't know. Um,
1: okay. No, I like that. And does Xander not say after he sort of snaps out of it that he he was. Does he not refer to like having been sort of in himself but not in control of himself or something? Yeah, those yeah, ones? yeah.
0: He's like he he, he yeah. couldn't get out. But um, mm. yeah, it's more Buffy that really makes me think about this because she doesn't seem like an actual noblewoman. And now, I could blame the script. I could blame Sarah Michelle Gellar not being very good at doing English accents. But I would rather. Mm. put it all down to the fact that it's a it's an inner projection of what, what Buffy thinks this woman would be. Agreed. Yeah. I would rather do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Okay, your name is Cordelia, you're not a cat, you're in high school and we're your friends. Well, sort
1: of. On the metaphorical level of it, I think it is very telling that Willow is the one... Willow. It's telling that Willow and Cordelia are the ones who <clears throat> keep a sense of who they are throughout. Because I think as characters outside of this magical experience, they are the ones who are most sure of who they are. Like oh. I think Buffy and Xander are much more identity crisis-y at this Absolutely. stage. Absolutely.
0: That's a really good mm. point. I really, uh, Yeah, I really appreciate that point. Because, yeah, Cordelia, despite the fact that she might be a social chameleon, there is a sense that she knows who she really is. Like mm. she, mm. even if she doesn't show it, she knows it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and, what was I going to say? Nope, totally lost it. Cordelia. Yeah, I think, I think that's particularly nice in this episode as well, where the first half has been about, um, Willow being kind of pressured into a different kind of femininity and Buffy being like, oh, you know, you need to dress like sexy and wild so that boys will notice you. Um, and you know, you can pretend to be someone else for this night only and willow kind of rejects that and you know because willow has her own brand of sexy and she doesn't she doesn't need to pretend to be someone else to be sexy Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think the fact that she remains herself throughout she kind of yeah she finds her own way into it i think that's
0: quite yeah but at the same time you do get a sense of her growing confidence by the end of the episode when she takes off her ghost costume and we're skipping forward she does it and then she struts like she's like yeah I can wear this costume and I can walk out in the street and
1: but I think she gets there through not pretending like I think Buffy's encouraging her to like dress up as someone else for Halloween and pretend to be someone else and actually I think Willow just decides to inhabit her own kind of sexiness instead of like pretending to be a different kind of sexy yeah that's how i felt about it anyway i thought it was a little journey for willow that she went on oh yeah no this Um, is a
0: very strong willow episode you know yeah
1: and i feel like the confidence she gained (coughs) the confidence she gained came from her rather than from buffy or from any kind of like oh yeah external like put on these clothes and you'll become sexy she's like at the end she's like yeah i've got these sexy clothes on and i i was sexy all along
0: they don't know who they are. Everyone's turned into a monster. It's a whole big thing. How are you?
1: So, the Scoobies have got their costumes on. Uh, Xander has become a soldier. Willow has become a ghost. Buffy has become an 18th century noblewoman. Yeah. In this process of transformation, Buffy has become useless. So, she can't fight. Yeah. Um, there's loads of demons and baddies about, but Buffy's not really able to do anything about it. And, um, but Xander has become. Much more capable than he normally would this be. This is a very Xander-heavy episode, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's also and Willow's <coughs> remains as capable as <coughs> ever. There's,
0: when you think about it, it's like okay, so like Buffy becomes <coughs> this person that she kind of wants to be, and Xander becomes this person that he kind of wants to be. Willow becomes this person that she sort of thinks she is, right? Like because Willow feels invisible. To, Z- mm. to Xander for instance or you know she feels like she can't embody in Substantial. Yeah, yeah she feels insubstantial she feels like a sidekick she feels like a ghost do you know mm. so Willow is the one weirdly she's the one like Xander and Xander and Buffy are both trying to be someone and they become it but mm. Willow is the one who chose a costume that she felt reflected how she actually felt and then mm. and then ends up transcending that it's really beautiful it's really beautiful the way you yeah, do that yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And she um she kind of reveal like Xander becomes more capable. Willow just reveals how capable she yeah. always was. Yeah,
0: yeah, because she Which we knew she already. has to be and yeah. Mm. Um Spike has his little demon babies.
1: He does. Got a little little baby demon crew following about. Yeah.
0: And then and, and obviously the ethical dilemma here is that while Xander has a gun, he can't shoot them because they're all children. Yeah.
1: They're all they're all property
0: children, you know?
1: So if he if he <coughs> shoots them as demons, presumably the children will die. Pre- pre-
0: children. Well, presumably yeah. because all of the um, all of the <laughs> tension in this episode comes from Buffy's vulnerability. So if Buffy was mm. get to get killed as this noble woman and would actually die, we can only assume that these children would also actually die. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, mm.
0: And oh, at this at the meantime, Giles, Giles. <gasps> Giles a
1: whole lot going on here. Kick
0: me in the stomach, Rupert. Yeah.
1: E- e- or Ripper. Ripper. As he is called. Yeah, this Ripper. is the first this is
0: the first time that we find out a little bit about the backstory. A little
1: bit. I mean, we just get a bit of a tease, don't we? We get like they don't know who you used to be. Yeah. They don't know who you truly are. But the
0: personality change you that comes over him. It's the first time we see that stony face. Where he, oh, yeah. where he like, you know, because Giles is like, he's very doddering and like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, British and tea and stuff. And then in this episode, we see him as like a fucking killing machine.
1: Yeah, man.
0: And it is, it's yeah. intense, you know.
1: Kicks him in the stomach. Oh,
0: yeah. <sighs> it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot.
1: It's kind of exciting.
0: Oh, it's very exciting. And the way he's like, <laughs> Willow, please leave. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um, we also have in this scene, so um this is so Je- turns out Giles knows Ethan and kinda goes to confront him and tells him to break the spell, which he just fucking does straight away. Yeah. Giles is like, break the spell. I know after and a like, few
0: after a few kicks in the stomach. A
1: couple of kicks, yeah. but like it really doesn't take very long and then he's just like, I'll do this.
0: Yeah. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Plus I can't turn the page. And uh, no. Spike so when Spike is like, Oh, you're such a little lamb and you're so innocent, I love it
1: yeah
0: i didn't buy it
1: no no because
0: i feel like spike wants a fight i'm sorry like i felt like you know his whole thing is like i want to kill a slayer Mm. right and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's because he wants a challenge and the whole idea that like buffy would be like really vulnerable and stuff i i feel like i i didn't buy it i feel like i feel like he would want he would want to know that he had beat someone at their best
1: I feel you. Yeah, mm. I think you're right, you know. But I think he might think that's what he wants, but then after the fact he'd be like, Oh, that was a bit too easy. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe. Um, and then she gets up in a very iconic line, she's and her her wig, her weave, he takes her, her takes mm-hmm. her wig off. Um, and she's like, Hi, honey, I'm home. Oh yeah. And yeah, just fucking rams him.
1: Because Giles has sexually smashed this like magic statue so and broken the spell yeah. so they all just become themselves again it's all very uh-huh. exciting
0: so there's like fight 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 we don't really talk about the fights there's not much to talk about the fight and then Spike
1: runs, away. Spike
0: runs away all the little demon kids become children again uh Willow wakes up <laughs>
1: Spike is just standing with a bunch of kids
0: yeah and Uh, Willow Willow wakes up in her hot rocker rocker chick body and then it's just like you know what fuck it I'm not gonna be the ghost anymore I'm not the ghost anymore I'm just me and then she struts across the street and who should see her? Oz Oz and I remember the first time I saw this episode like the excitement of knowing Mm. what was coming for Willow like knowing that she Mm. was going to find love you know it still still hits me
1: oh yeah
0: oh yeah um So so then we're in Buffy's house and Angel is there and he's sitting on her bed and the door is wide open and they're like making out. And Does Joyce know you have a 30 year old in your bedroom, Buffy? Like
1: 230. Exactly.
0: But you know, for Joyce's purposes, he's like a thirty year old. Yeah. And um you know, you would close your door. I, I, I was really, I felt really anxious with the fact that, like, God, close your door if you're going to be like all kissing and chatting and stuff. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, totally. Joyce is just I've down seen the hall. In other American TV things about teenagers, where the parents will be like, "Oh, you have to have the door open, like it's a rule." So maybe that's the rule for Buffy. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Joyce would. Would still be a bit like he has to go home. So mm. my other theory is maybe Joyce is working late at the gallery, and that's why the maybe. that's why the door is open. Because I feel like if Joyce was in the house, Buffy shouldn't maybe. be shouldn't be making out with Angel with the door open. Hello, Ripper. Um. Any final notes on this episode?
1: Um. Well, there's like the scene at the end where then. Buffy's like oh I was just dressing like that Hmm. to impress you and then Angel's like no I didn't like the noble women they were actually rubbish they were all really boring Um, and I wanted someone exciting like you.
0: Well but that's quite an interesting thing because after doing my deep dive into Angel's past maybe he didn't like the noble women because they knew who he was. And maybe,
1: this is before he was a vampire.
0: Yeah, exactly. Though? But we know that he was oh, he sorry, was a lout yeah. and he was a womanizer. So maybe he liked. Right. do you know what? Maybe he couldn't use his status with the noble woman because they were like, well, you might be of our class, but you're a drunk asshole. Whereas right. with like the help and the, the woman that he tended to um, uh-huh. seduce were always lower in class to him. So maybe okay. maybe maybe it was a little bit of that. Maybe he liked to have the upper hand. Maybe it wasn't just Let's that he, maybe it wasn't gosh. that he was above them, maybe it was that they were above him. Yeah. Mmm. You know?
1: We'll come back to this. Yeah. Yeah. When we find out more about him. And then Giles goes back to the um, costume store and all of the, these cursed costumes are gone. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Ethan
0: has packed up everything which didn't feel very Or
1: well. Because, like, or maybe he
0: sold everything, I don't know
1: <laughs> So did, did people return all of their costumes then After these costumes
0: Well, Cordelia talks about returning her costume to Party Town But uh-huh. but I don't know if anyone talks about actually Like, I don't know if this is a rental shop or a buying shop I I don't know
1: Right, yeah, 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 good point yeah. Yeah. But they're all
0: gone anyway
1: And there's just a note saying, be seeing you
0: very threatening. Very threatening. And, and we will be seeing him, and we'll find out more about Giles's past. Uh, mm. We'll see a little bit more of the old Ripper.
1: The old Ripper. Yeah. Ripper.